Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today, I'm pleased to introduce you to Maxine Mayer. Maxine is a former officer in the U.S. Army and veteran of Operation Desert Storm. She is also a classically trained evidential medium who does not consider a consultation successful unless she is highly detailed and provides you with practical insight so that you can move forward with your life. Maxine is a Masters of Divinity candidate at Harvard Divinity School and is the first spiritualist and working medium at Harvard since 1857. She's a former business entrepreneur and cross-enrolled student at the Harvard Business School and has a real understanding of business practices and also consults her clients on business. She's the author of Great Moments of Modern Mediumship, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Her website is Modern Day Seer. She's the host of the radio show called Modern Day Seer. And, as always, our guests can be found on WeDon'tDieRadio.com and Maxine is episode 106. Maxine Mayer, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, thank you, Sandra, for having me. And I'm a great admirer of your work and the energy that you've built up with your series of shows i'm uh, i am not easily impressed by people in this work but when i first heard about you i thought wow here is a genuine woman doing really good work so i applaud you oh with, thanks yeah with with just the same um enthusiasm as you've entered is so uh, over the top introduced me yeah well we're both genuine and it's so much easier to be inspired by real people that care you know we're out to make a difference um so anyways i am totally interested and enthralled with your books and who you are and uh you may or may not know, um, but my episode 102 was talking about my journey to the Arthur Finley College, and I know you've been there as well, and some of the things I'm greatly passionate about learning, you've studied and you've done. So, Maxine, if you give, would you be, give us a little bit of maybe your story of how uh, you grew up into this world of being a medium? I mean, has this always been something interesting to you? Well, you know, I... I say no. I, I can't remember seeing spirit as a child. I was um, very um, under-challenged um, in grade school, and um, uh, I, you know, I, I did things in, in, in grade school. You know, I'd, 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 I'd think, you know, outside, and I'd think about the squirrels, you know, and who knows, maybe I was pulling a Harry Potter and communicating with the squirrels back mm -hmm. then. I don't know, but I, I never had any of those I saw my dead grandmother stories, never. Right. And um, when, I was, uh, when I was an early adult, um, going, going to, going to community college, um, in my area in Florida at that time was a great many spiritualist churches. Yes. And 
I went church shopping as a teenager, and uh, um, I, I thought, these churches are really cool. And, and the people in them, I, I later found out, were the last of the old-timers from Camp Chesterfield and Lilydale Assembly, the last of the great old-timers um, who spent their summers or spent their winters down in Florida. And I, uh, those churches now don't exist anymore, and the caliber of mediums really don't uh, uh, um, uh, exist anymore. So I started to go to spiritualist churches, and you know, and then I thought, oh well, you know, when you're young, you think that's how it is all over. And I graduated from college and went off, and I couldn't find any more spiritualist churches, mm-hmm. and. I, uh, you know, I grew up and get an adult job and da-da-da, and then I thought, you know, something's missing. Something is missing. And uh, I always, you know, kept around the fringes of the um, psychic fair movement, but I, I wanted to go to church. I wanted to learn about the philosophy. I wanted to learn about the history. I wanted to uh, go back to those childhood moments and... Uh, um, um, I started to go to the Arthur Fidley College, and I started to go to European churches, hmm. and I and I went back to Lilydale for many many summers, and uh, so I to cut to cut it short, I I was introduced to it as a teenager, and then I came back at, uh, came back to spiritualism late in life. Interesting. And was it by attending the Arthur Finley College for the first time that you realized, aha, are you, you know, that you have these abilities yourself? Um, I, I went to Lilydale first okay. and volunteered many, many summers. And then the people, the, the people who, who knew it at Lilydale said, you got to go to Arthur Finley College. You got to go there. And I said, okay, all right. You know, and so it seems that the best of the best were always talking about that. Yeah, so, that's how I found yeah, out about yeah, it. I interviewed yeah. enough people that were extraordinary mediums and I'm like, what's this place? I got to go there. So that the Arthur Finley College just validated it. And then some of my best friends are from Norway, Sweden, Scotland, and they're spiritualists all over, and they hold seances in Switzerland, you know. So this just, uh, I found my community of friends, and I found my church. Mm. What, at what part did, point did you go into the Army? In right after college. Yeah, okay. right after college. And I spent uh, nine years, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a rebel, and I, I knew I wasn't going to retire as a colonel or anything like that. I knew I wasn't even going to retire. Um, so I, 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 looking over my ar- the arc of my life, and, and sometimes when I give readings, uh, you could look at, at the arc of someone's life. Mm-hmm. The, the the general pathway and their general direction. And so, you know, I had to, I, I came into this world wanting to do something like that, the military, and I did it and I got out. And you know, so it, um, it, it served a purpose and um, not everybody makes it a career. Right, right. Well, thank you for your service, needless to say. And I have no doubt that your experiences from that are still at play with who you're being or what you're up to. And it's amazing how our past plays a role in who we are now. That makes sense. Yes. 
Yes. So where should we go? You became a medium and, and you see, you're up to a lot because um, I'd love to hear about being the first spiritualist working medium at Harvard. Well, you know, I, I, you, you always want, you always want to make your application different. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to tell the truth and I, I had been researching spiritualism for many, many years, and I know all of the old stories and all of the old mediums, and I thought, you know, there's, there was this story about this, this student in, in 1857, and sure enough, in the craze of spiritualism after the Fox sisters, it was literally sweeping America, uh, the high class and the low class alike. We're doing table tipping and everything else. And sure enough, this Unitarian um, minister in training at Harvard Divinity School um, started to do seances and started to do clairvoyance and trance. And uh, of course, they, they, they threw him out. And, uh, <laughs> and so, um, in fact, I w- when I was at Harvard, I I um, looked in their archives, and some of this man's notes, uh, his trans notes, and his automatic writing is actually in, in, in the library. And I was very privileged to, you know, tell the archive librarian to dig out that old box. And sure enough, you know, 150 years ago, this guy went into trance and, and had an automatic writing session. If your listeners don't know what automatic writing is, it's, it's, a, it's a state of entrancement in which the medium um, writes, but the spirit world takes control of the writing. And the, and the method of the handwriting can change and the spelling and language can change. Yeah. Uh, so uh, sure enough, I got the got to see the the archived box of of, of this man and so I was wa- kind of walking in his shoes and so I I, I, I was the first working medium there um, since 160 years and that's amazing yep that's amazing are you still enrolled in the program um, I don't well, know about no. how it works no, so well I I you know I um, Matt Damon and uh, um, Zuckerberg, uh, there, there are a few people who withdraw and drop out. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've, uh, I've dropped out for now. And, uh, just to say I studied at the divinity school is fine enough for me. Yeah, it works for me. Yeah. I know that I've been glancing at your book and I, um, I am somebody who, in a nutshell, went from a skeptic not believing in anything to opening up this uh, unbelievable world of life after death stuff. And I had not heard of physical mediumship, the seances, the table tipping, ectoplasm, these these terms before. And it's been the last maybe four or five months or so that I'm like, holy cow, what is all this? And so I think many people, Maxine, know about the evidential mediumship, you know, talking about your Aunt Sally's sitting next to you and she used to make you Campbell's soup and a grilled cheese and all that stuff. Right, right. But there's this whole world that, um, I mean, I'm sure it still exists, like you said, maybe in Holland and Norway, and I know we learned some of it at the Arthur Finley College, but 
a lot of that um, kind of mediumship you talk about in your books. I do. And as soon as the, as soon as the Fox sisters real the Fox sisters were physical mediums. They they also did some mental stuff, but they were mainly physical mediums, and they would produce raps. You know, um, I just snapped my fingers, yeah. but yeah, but knocks. You know, and these weren't these weren't um, poltergistic pol- poltergeist mm-hmm. knocks. These weren't telekinesic. These were intelligent from the spirit world who had an awareness and a breadth of knowledge that was beyond anyone in the room. Mrs. Fox would ask, how many children have I had? And the, the knock would wrap out eight. And she had six kids, but none of the six kids knew that she had two miscarriages or mm. two stillborns. So, and there were other, um, when the Fox sisters came around, the, you know, the, this is physical uh, mediumship that, that, that just blew everybody in the room away. And so in the 18, as early as the 1850s, but really going whole hog in the 1880s, this, the great scientists of the day, and you'll have to understand that was a time of great science, the steam engine, the, um, electric light bulb, the, I don't know what, the electricity. Mm-hmm. And, Many of these scientists, these Nobel Prize winners, at, in 1890, 1895, they walked away from their chemical labs and said, I don't want to study boron anymore. This afterlife stuff is, is what I'm going to devote the rest of my life to. Yes. And so you have a, you have a whole body. You have a 20-year a fabulous body of scientific um, experimentation on physical mediums from 1880 to 1920. And these are table levitations. This is photography. This is direct voice. This is uh, everything. And, and so these scientists, these men of science, produce such a body of evidence that they were not only convinced, but they wanted to study it in a very scientific way. And so... When I was a teenager and people were, you started to talk about, oh, seances and ectoplasm, I mm-hmm. said, oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah right. You know, oh, yeah, right. Nuts. You know, I mean, how do you know it comes out of the nose? How do you know it is connected to the medium? Because in 1890, they, you know, they, um, they put the medium on a chair and the chair on a scale and they put a table on a, a different scale. And so when the table was levitated, the medium was actually gained weight. So the men of, you remember your high school science and you'd say, okay, if one goes up and the other goes down, there's this interconnection. Yes, yes. And then a light bulb went, I said, wow, they really did scientifically study this. So I guess ectoplasm is real and it does come out of your nose. I mean, they didn't just make this up. They tested it. Mm. And And, you want to explain a little bit about ectoplasm because uh, we on this show have only 
dabbled a teeny bit in talking about table tipping and automatic writing. And for some, like I remember the first time I heard about it, I'm like, there's no like, yeah. way. Come on. <laughs> and, the, and, you, and you see these pictures, these black and white pictures. Oh, of my people goodness. People have like a, it looks like cheesecloth or something coming out of their nose or but their mouth. But it, it, they... These are the men of science uh, who um, studied this and have touched it and have felt it and have weighed it. And so um, ectoplasm is the material that is exuded from a physical medium. Physical mediums are very rare in the ability to do this. And it does not have to happen all in dark. Um, some can happen in uh, red light and there have been documented cases and scientific testing that is done that is in full light condition, but whether it's, um, whether it's a, a physical substance you can see and feel or whether in uh, daylight you can only see like a wisp, um, uh, or smoky form, um, it, it's exuded by the physical medium. And um, if it's in a seance condition, some of the sitters might also exude it. And um, spirit world has also said that inanimate objects might uh, be used as well. And there's a famous um, case in my book that the ectoplasm of a cat was used also in in a Marjorie Crandon seance. Mm. So it's exuded by a physical medium and the spirit world can use this substance to create phenomena, whether it be knocks or raps or full levitation or full-blown materialization. But it there that's what it is in a nutshell mm-hmm. and there's there's been some debate now oh there's some phenomena that's not ectoplasmic based in well it's not as rigorously tested uh, by scientists this type of phenomena um but uh, what we know most about is ectoplasmic based uh, phenomena well even i've i talked to some of the tutors at the Arthur Finley College who've been spiritualist ministers for 40 years and what they've witnessed even uh, touching a person in one of these seances and it could be a father that his exact voice comes out or he can feel the stubble of his uh the hair on his cheeks or you know a little child's hand will come through and when you know it's interesting because my skeptical mind wants to say oh this is all made up and i'm sure there are a lot of cons and frauds out in the world but the more i study maxine i get that like this phenomena is real it's rare um but it's it's wonderful and it you know might have taken place a lot more of it back in the the, the days you talk about and it uh, i would say it's just as common now oh but it it just takes years to develop hmm. okay. and not uh, and not everybody it, you know if we still had home circles and met once a week you know over the course of 5 years we might develop some phenomena so oh it's true well, and that's what yeah. people would do they would sit with their trusted circle of close people right and they'd mm-hmm. have they'd 
I don't even know what would happen in one of these, but they'd build up a power and, you know, they meet every week at the same place, same time. Correct. And then to make contact and, and things like that. So it was something the spirit world was working with. And in our busy lives, I don't know how many people take the time to do that. Well, it's it, when, when you've, when you've witnessed that kind of phenomena and when you've witnessed the love from the spirit world, um, certainly you can dedicate and discipline yourself, yes. you know, and, and, and say, you know, I, I, um, if this is important enough yeah. to the world, then I'm, I'm going to make a sacrifice one day a week or something. Oh, so, sure. yeah. So it, it, have it, you uh, witnessed things yourself? Um, have I witnessed things myself? Um, um, I have been in a number of seances Mm -hmm. and, um, um, there's, uh, and I have, um, uh, I have not witnessed the physical outside of a seance. Right. Uh, But then I was there, I was on a radio show. And the host was a well-known national um, show, and he said, well, maybe you witnessed it, but you didn't know it was real, or you didn't know it was phenomena. It was so real. And that made me think. And that made me think. So th- there, might, there might be instances in my life where I, where I, would, in, where I would see phenomena, but it would so, be so real and so commonplace um, I, I might, you know, that skeptic in me is now kind of awakening to mm-hmm. see, you know, what, what's the, what's the difference between phenomena and reality? So I, I'm, 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 uh, uh, I'm looking at that uh, question right now. Yeah. Well, even phenomena, I have a friend of mine who finds dimes all the time. That was his sign between maybe his grandmother, whoever it was. And, I know there's something called apports, which are things that get materialized. And I don't doubt that some of these dimes that are showing up that weren't there two minutes ago, um, you know, that it, it, this physical materialization and stuff happens outside of a seance, you know? Sure, it does. Huh. Wow. Okay. Um, what should I ask you next? I know our time is limited. You have the floor, sister. I, um, I would like to, imp- I would like to impress on your readers to, to um, investigate um, what has happened in the past, because um, uh, there there have been some fabulous mediums of the past, mm-hmm. and and we today truly stand on their shoulders, and we should not let their memories die and so the great mediums of the past and even up until the 1950s 1960s even 70s you know that they're they were nothing like the celebrity tv mediums than that you see now and so i am passionate about educating the public about knowing what we do and trying to discern the frauds from the genuine um, uh, spiritualist psychic mediums and to develop a standard 
um, for for the mediums, psychic mediums that they go to. And um, I, I, I am, I am, I am just wanting the people to to have uh, to not fall for anything. My own daughter knows all my children know that I'm into this and my own daughter called me up and she said I went to a tarot reader and I said okay and went and and I said what'd she say and she said this and this and this I said okay and 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 I said how much she charge you I said okay and and da, da, da. and then I said okay well what's your problem uh, dear daughter of mine and she said well she said the tarot reader wants me to buy special candles because I have dark energy around me, mm-hmm. and only these special candles can help. I mean, this is my own daughter who almost spent, you know, a hundred dollars on 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 candles, and I I was furious, and I thought I need I need to continually drum that beat about. Um, just having standards and I'm not pointing fingers I never say names but you know a lot of these uh, celebrity uh, celebrity psychic mediums I've met most of them and all I'm telling people is to have some standards and to discern what they say and to look very carefully at what they say and and ask yourself are you happy would you pay 400 Five hundred, six hundred dollars for that. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on a crusade to to have the uh, listeners and the people um, have some standards and to discern, and certainly don't fall for. I got to buy twenty dollar candles because I have bad energy. That. I am just, I'm passionate about that, Sandra. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'll be your partner in that. I loved what they taught us at the Arthur Finley School about uh, integrity. And, and there are times that you may not be connecting with spirit and be able to give a reading. And in the first 10 minutes, they say, if nothing's coming through, nobody, no exchange of money. Thank you very much. You know, in another time or another medium or something and to really give credible credible evidence and like you say uh in the introduction that i did you know you want to really pinpoint someone's deceased loved one and be accurate i just got off the phone with my good friend darla and she had seen a medium that um gave a like a stage show who was so generic and if she got something wrong, she would, oh, well, this must have been a past life. And, oh, and, and I know, I know from my own humanity that when we're grieving, um, you know, it sure helps to believe in life after death, but there are people that prey upon these people. And, you know, when things are out of your budget and you do have to buy a special cream or potion or candle um you know i really uh, i like your advice you don't you don't need all that the, the spirit world's not <laughs> no <laughs> no that. and and there and there have been i mean you could develop any philosophy you want to i mean i i, I don't name any names of right. celebrity psychic mediums or anybody to no. trash talk. I yeah, mean, the, I have a certain story or two, but you don't know who I'm talking about. But I, 
personally, I, I love to poo-poo, you know, the people who talk about angels and fairies, you know, you know, and I, I'm saying, and I, and I'm saying, um, to the people, look, you can believe in angels and fairies just because I poo-poo them. You can believe in them, but you have to understand you are, you are believing something on pure faith. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's great to believe things on, you know, I'm a former divinity school student. I could talk about religions that are based on pure faith, Mm -hmm. but don't tell me that, um, uh, St. Michael Gabriel is behind me and has this message. Um, give me the proof that this is St. Michael. Okay. Oh, I can't do that. Okay. Well then you're doing that on faith. And, and if that works for you, fine. But if that doesn't work for you, that's, that's deconstructed a little bit and look how other religions talk about angels and how the movement of angels has come in in the last 20 years and added nothing philosophically to spiritualism or the movement. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, Go ahead and believe in angels, but at least know what you're believing is is absolutely without substance. <laughs> you know? Maxine, why don't you say what you really feel? <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, I kind of do believe in angels. Here's, here's the thing. I say this, and this is my my own belief for is every human being that's every ever lived on planet earth. We all have a story of what life is like. We all have our own beliefs. Uh, I have studied with some of the greats and some of the stuff that's come out of their mouth. I'm like, this is BS like no way. So here's my advice just to anybody listening. If it empowers you to live a good life while you're here, take it. Right. And if it doesn't, throw it away. Nobody's got all the answers. Uh, I don't even think the spirit world has all the answers myself. But as far as uh, this conversation is concerned, there is nothing like having a medium reading with an evidential medium that brings forth things that there's no way they could know uh, to realize that the heaven, the spirit world is real that your loved ones are around, that we are a soul having a human experience. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think you're the same way, Maxine, is you're real passionate about education and learning and sharing, and then ultimately living a good life here on earth. Yeah, the spiritualism is not um, being obsessed with life after death. No. Spiritualism gives us uh, the strength to live before our death. Yes. And that there is life before death. And so when you know, when you truly know that you do not die, when you truly know that your spiritual essence goes on, well then, doesn't that empower you and embolden you to, to live life really fully? Yeah. You know, one of the tutors, I don't remember who it was that spoke at the Arthur Finley College when I was there, said, our deceased loved ones are more alive than many of us living on Earth right now. Uh, and I just thought, you know, that's brilliant. We're like the walking dead. <laughs> you know, I and I don't know. Um, I'm going to, well, why don't I ask you, what do you think? Um, 
I don't want to say the purpose of life is, but yeah, kind of. Well, I, 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 um, I want to have people also examine that philosophy that is always being put out there. You know, just because Wayne Dyer says something, just because someone else says something, look at it. Mm-hmm. Look at it. And, and does it make sense to you? And if it doesn't make sense to you, okay, put it off to the side. So um, um, I, I, some of what I hear really upsets me, maybe because um, um, of my own personal triggers in my life. Yeah, yeah. But I do not like the, the term or the idea or the philosophy that life is a test. Okay, or that God is testing us, or we're here mm-hmm. on the school to learn a purpose. With the, the 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 analogy that is used very simplistically is that Earth is a classroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I've been in, around enough classrooms to dredge up a lot of memories when you say the word classrooms, and so I don't want people to think that life is about passing or failing. Yes. So good. so when you say so. Make sure that when you say, I believe that life is a classroom, do you really mean that you fail or pass? Or So I, I'm like the Socratic method. I'm like Socrates. I ask people what they really believe and have them unpack their belief system. And if they're okay with um, the earth as a classroom, fine. But more often than not, people get hung up in these values about, oh, I've got to succeed in my life and I've got, I'm pressured to pass right? or I'll fail. And who wants that pressure? No. So I don't think of life as a classroom so much as an experience. You know, I have to experience what it's like to have um, um, an alcoholic father and to be severely limited in my in my childhood. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, that's not a punishment for anything I did in the past, but that's something I chose to go through and experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's part of my life is to experience things. And sometimes, you know, and, and, and Sandra, we don't all sign up to come here to experience the good and the pretty. You know, we got to experience, um, you know, that that limitation and the challenge, whether oh, yeah. it be whether it be an alcoholic father or whether it be um, um um some failures in life. You know, it's it. It, it, we should embrace it as an experience. I like that. Because even and failures, it's those people that fail enough time that become the most successful. And I know people that have committed suicide because they've failed, thinking that failure is a, is a bad thing. Whereas what if failure is a good thing? Because eventually you'll succeed, you know? It's just experiencing. Right. It's just experience. My soul needs to or my soul wants to experience this and it isn't going to kill me because my soul can't die anyway so i you know there there are certain things i wanted to experience in my life and it and and so i believe that we come here with a life plan and um we choose to have these experiences Hmm. and and my and and so i don't believe that just because 
I believe that because um, Michael Newton and Brian Weiss, um, through hypnosis, created a large body of evidence saying, you know, this life plan theory, you know, has some legs. Yeah. And uh, and so we we come here, and some of my best friends are um, in minority um, um, categories, and. Um, they they think that life's not fair and that they're victimized and da 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 and I feel their pain. But in my philosophy, they chose to experience a life as a minority or with these limitations. And so you can't really blame. I can't really blame my father. I can't really blame you know the color of my skin uh, because I chose this, and I chose to have this experience. Yeah, and it's, Maxine, it's also a very empowering way to see life. I adopted a couple of weeks ago a new mantra. I am not a victim. I chose this experience for my soul to grow. And why that's important to me, and I'm not pushing that on anybody else, is there's some rough, tough times that I've had. And it's not saying that this is the truth, but it certainly gets me into the driver's seat of my life, has me start thinking, well, how am I growing from this? And when you start looking, I mean, there, even some really horrible uh, experiences that I've had, I've now been able to make a difference for other people, you know, so... I I buy into this life as an experience and even in some of the most troublesome times uh, you know right in the moment of it happening it you might not understand it but if you go 10 years in the future and look back it's like oh my gosh if that hadn't happened I wouldn't be here by now or I wouldn't have learned this right right and um um I I don't like to boil things down into simplistic um, 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 things too much, but I, that, that is just one thing you asked me about the purpose of life Mm -hmm. and that just keeps me going. And, you know, I, I know, uh, people, people, um, debate reincarnation all the time. I, I happen to believe in reincarnation, but I don't dwell on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, but I have gotten glimpses of, okay, why is this happening to me now? And is this a broader pattern in my soul? And um, because I don't want to know just to know that I was Cleopatra, but hey, <laughs> why, you know, why, why is this pattern always reoccurring in my life? Is there, is there a broader thing that I should know about? And sure enough, you know, I, um, that's when a broader soul picture will even put the perspectives of today into into a greater framework and say wow you know i've been battling this this um this for hundreds of years no wonder it it kind of it, it's kind of hard i said yep yeah, yep yeah. and and but look at how you've come right look at how far you've come and so the pain of that moment gets to be a drop in the bucket. Yes, yes. Maxine, I'm looking at the time. I know going into this that our time was limited. So I want to draw this interview to a close, but I find myself like I could go on forever talking to you. Could you discuss a little bit about your your radio show? Because on uh, We Don't Die Radio episode 106, I have a link to Maxine's radio show. 
because I know you do have a lot of episodes and you're passionate about sharing. Well, I started back in April. Before April, I was a guest on maybe 20 other shows and I wanted to get the feel of it. And uh, I, I started to be a host in April and I have over 50 shows archived. Many of them are on subjects of the phenomena and pioneers of spiritualism. I did one on apports and absentee healing and I would have a half an hour of content in every show in which I would talk about um, these subjects based upon not what I know, but what I have discovered to be true from the scientific research. Mm -hmm. And then Every show I have, I have live call-in readings. So, oh, that's I, fun. I, yeah, I like to I like to interact with people, but I, you know, because I want to educate them, and I and I say, you know, don't feed the medium, don't tell me stuff, no. you know, and and I explain why. Right. And so the listeners who ha follow me now know my pattern, and so um, um, it's on Blog Talk radio mm -hmm. and i'm the modern day seer that seer with two e's and that goes with my website www.moderndayseer.com maxine thank you <laughs> thank you sandra thank this, is, this you. is our speed episode but it's all good because it's left me wanting more and i'm super interested in this physical mediumship stuff in fact i'm going to go to the uk in november and see a couple of the top physical mediums in the world do their thing and experience it firsthand so we can talk about that another time but i'm i'm really interested i'm i i've got to see it to believe it kind of a thing um but i you know, Anyways, I thank you for being our guest. For our listener, thank you for spending this time with us. Of course, all episodes are at wedontdieradio.com. And I want to also give you, if you go to wedontdieradio.com and click on It's Insiders Club, you can receive a free copy of my book, We Don't Die, as well as a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief. If you know anyone who's grieving, it's a great thing. Um, and again, remember to visit Maxine Mayer's website, moderndayseer.com. So in closing, this is Sandra Champlain. I have been your host on We Don't Die Radio, and I believe that life is an education for the soul. Maybe not a classroom where we pass or fail, but like Maxine says, life is an experience. So I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.